Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed and we are educating the investors and the consumers uh, of the South Shore of Massachusetts and the Merrimack Valley. Um, I'm joined this morning by Peter Mullen of the American Consumer Credit Counseling Organization. Um, and he is the community education coordinator for Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, and we've had Peter on the show before. We had a great show talking about credit and sort of other issues. And, um, you at right before the break, we were sort of talking about, um, you know, uh, from like a b- big picture perspective, the the topic of credit, and yes. you know, mm-hmm. you you can look at that in a couple different ways. You can look at credit as as being a great thing because it mm-hmm. allows people to get into a home that, that you know, if you don't have right. a half a million dollars in the bank, you know, you can yeah, you know, purchase a home for your family, you know, purchase mm-hmm. a car if you don't have forty thousand saved up. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so so on one hand, it's it's so great. On the other hand, it it's abused and and it's you know, in in some situations, not a great thing, right? You know, right. the other side of the argument is. Um, you shouldn't buy something you can't afford, right? And so, but in the nature mm-hmm. of credit, is I, I don't have the money for this, but I'm going to buy it. I'm going to borrow the money. And so, I, I didn't mean to say that credit is a bad thing or anything like that. But you just wanted to pick up on that and you know give your two cents as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I never, I try to definitely uh, communicate in the many uh, classes I do, presentations I do, that you know, credit itself is is really neither good nor bad. Yeah. Okay. It's it a really, good way to say it. It really yeah. comes down to that. It's, think of it as a tool. It's a very important tool in our toolkit of the many financial things we have. Yeah. And just just for, for consumers, it's just important for them to use the tools tool wisely. Yeah. Unfortunately, it can be misused. Yeah. And that's in the case, we'll go back to kind of the basic uh, rule number 101 in financial management should be you earn more than you spend. How about that for a radical idea? You earn more than you spend. A lot of people spend more than they earn. How do they do that? They do that because a credit card can enable them to go far beyond what they make. And so now they're building up debt that in the end, for some people, it's, you know, in and out. That's quick. Sometimes you have it. It's legitimate. Your water heater goes. You got to pay a thousand. Your car 
blows on your tire. You would need to come up with 400 bucks very quickly. Yeah. Um, you're trying to do certain things that, that come up unexpectedly. Fine. Use your credit card, take care of it, but then pay it off as soon as you can. What happens with a lot of Americans, however, is many things, but things like impulse buying, as oh, an example. Oh, yeah. Consumerism. Where, consumerism. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're, you're for people, you, look at TV, TV, radio, newspapers, magazines cons- are at you all the time telling you to buy, 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 buy. And yeah. you keeping up with your friends, oh, your yeah. neighbors, yeah. The, the push is high. So what what do some people go then to? They, they rely on the plastic to allow them to go beyond what they can afford. And therefore, they may go down a pathway of building up too, too much debt. And then that's where they really do need to see a, a counselor or start to think about how do they push it back the other way. Um, there was a uh, notable, in my opinion anyway, Wall Street Journal article about a year ago uh-huh. that, and I just pulled it up really quickly from May of 2019, that said that they had done a study and one third of Americans couldn't afford a $400 emergency. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so in in well, we could talk, you know, so yes, credit, you know, if you have a bit, uh, access to a credit card, certainly you can utilize that to pay your emergency and that's all well and good. Correct. But but what I took from that is a lot of people don't have any sort of savings. Correct. Um, no emergency, you know, we always talk about emergency savings with, mm-hmm. you know, with our clients and I'm sure you do that as well. And we're going to talk about it with the high school kids with the money fair and, you know, just the importance of having like some money in the bank mm-hmm. and, um, Having said that, yes, if you have a credit limit on a card or a home equity line or something, that you can certainly fall back on that in those types of emergencies. But, um, but you know, ideally, people have cash where at, le- at least for a four hundred dollar emergency, and hopefully more than that, mm-hmm. um, so that they don't have to rely on on credit. Yes, because if you think about it, someone that doesn't have any cash in the bank. Mm-hmm. And they have that emergency come up, whether it's four hundred or four thousand mm-hmm. dollars. If they have access to a credit card and they can use that to pay it, great. Mm-hmm. But that person probably, uh, what's their ability to pay back that yes. money as well? Because exactly. if you don't have any money in the bank, you're you're spending everything. Yes. And do mm-hmm. you have room in there to then also pay back mm-hmm. what you borrowed? Um, so that that was a, when I saw that article. It was. Um, I, maybe not a surprise to me, but you know, just very disheartening. Yes. Um, and 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 what you do every day is is educating people so that hopefully stuff like that is avoided and that changes over time. But absolutely, and sometimes we use statistics like that and and other ones that came out right around the same time, which was if people will recall that the government shut down about a year ago, um, about a year ago, and yeah. a lot of people like eight hundred thousand or a million. Uh, government workers are out of work. What that unveiled unveiled at that time was how many people live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, and they didn't have any capacity. A lot of those folks to to miss to, to miss a paycheck. And I've heard statistics that say something like eighty percent of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. What that means is, if you think of the implications as to what you just said, is it means that they are very very tight. They don't have a reserve that allows them that 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 cushion. Yeah. And so when you think of what their alternatives are, if you have no money aside, like that $400, then the things they can rely upon, and you know, I, a little list on the side is credit cards, raid your 401k, go to a loan shark, yeah. uh, you know, go to your brother-in-law, you know, tr- try to, you know, there's not a lot of, lot of good alternatives. The best alternative is, is, is to do what you can to start saving. I know that's the kind of thing people say, oh, it's easier said than done. Yeah. But the fact is $50 is better than nothing. A hundred is better than 50. 500 yeah. <laughs> is better than a hundred. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. if you had that small cushion, at least it's something that you can pull upon when the crisis does occur and it will. Um, but then what your hope is that over time you can begin to build that. So that credit is more like only when you have to, not as the go-to all the time. Yeah. Make it more of a rare thing rather than the go-to. 
um, I remember reading, you know, articles or whatever, like five ish years ago, you know, post credit crisis, you know, Mm -hmm. a decade ago. And, you know, we, you know, uh, people had started recovering from that. And Mm -hmm. one, one, if not the only good thing that came out of the Mm -hmm. great recession and the credit crisis was that it it scared people into, responsible financial behavior. And one of those was building a savings account. So like savings account balances were higher than they had been in a very long time. This is like rewind a few years. Then I was just listening recently or uh, to a podcast and I think it was a Wall Street Journal podcast and it was saying that, well, now um, credit is now again at like, I don't know if it's an all time high or people are now this economic expansion has been so long, right? Employment is so low again and, mm-hmm. and the markets are great and, mm-hmm. and things are great again in mm-hmm. the economy for, by many measures anyway. And, and, and people, what happens is then people start, they feel good and they start borrowing again. And I don't know the statistics about now where savings account balances are compared to historically, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming they're down again mm-hmm. as compared to a few years ago and borrowing is up. And, mm-hmm. and that's just, and it's just a little scary when, when you see that happen, um, because of what you just said that so mm-hmm. many people do live paycheck to paycheck and what happens, mm-hmm. hope, hopefully we never have another, you know, anything comparable to that credit crisis, but you know, what happens when people get laid off again, exactly. you know, and, and it's, it's just, it's a little bit scary when you hear those statistics, but, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but that's why we're here today and yeah. doing what we're doing. So exactly. Yeah. I mean, we can quickly, like, maybe just think of it this way that life happens. Yeah. There's some things that are in our control yeah. and there's some things that are out of our control and, being a financial counselor, I recognize that. But, you know, so out, the out of control things are is that things can happen where, you know, like I said, your, your car goes or your water heater goes or your, uh, I'm sorry, worse things, the, the, the main provider in your family passes away or you you lose your job or divorce. I mean, yeah. these are all things yeah. that we wouldn't necessarily foresee and they affect us. Yeah. But then there's a whole host of other things which are under our control, the ability. Yeah. And that's what I'd like to keep on the positive side, which is. Oh, am I being too know, much of a downer? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Yeah, no, not I, at all. It, yeah, we we yeah. have to face both sides yeah, of this equation yeah. and uh, recognize that, you know, there's there are things. I, so I like to on the positive note is I, I'm very um, uh, encouraged by all, all the financial stuff that I talk about because it's all about hope. It's about making steps that can make up, make someone yeah. uh, get out of debt. Yeah. I, I believe that there's, I would say this, there's not any debt situation that we can face that we can't improve upon. Oh, it that, takes yep. time. Yep. It takes partnership. Yep. Us working together with somebody, we can absolutely begin to make the needle move positively. Yep. But it takes a partnership. It takes a little bit of, you know, looking realistically at what you make and what yeah. you spend and then making some choices. It might maybe lifestyle changes. Absolutely. Or, yeah, I mean, when yeah. you start to look choices. at your lifestyle, some yeah. people like it. I give example. You talked before about uh, at one point about people's going out to eat budget. Mm-hmm. I've had couples I've counseled who one couple comes in and their budget for eating out the whole month is a hundred dollars. I will talk to a couple an hour later and they're going out to eat budget is eight hundred dollars. Yeah. So those are lifestyle choices. And I, as a counselor, would never, I'm never there to say, well, right. you, you shouldn't be eating out. I would say to them, for the, for the goals yeah. you're trying to achieve, are the choices you're making helping you to achieve that putting away money for your emergency fund? And then we take a harder look at where the money is going. Yeah. And then there's a self-realization that maybe I could cut my going out budget from 800 down to four. Yeah. Or maybe I could cut back a little bit on my, my use of cable as an example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, personally, I had my wife and I have been doing this a lot over the last year. And when we took a hard look at our cable bill that used to be a hundred, but grew to 280. Yeah. How did that happen? How did that happen? We looked, we jumped right into it. We brought it down to $50 in terms of internet. Yeah. Bought a few streaming services like Disney and um, I think it was, um, what's the other one that's out there that everyone... uh, There are like tons of them. I don't know. uh, Two or three. We bought two or three, like Netflix and so on. And then we bought an antenna, an old-fashioned antenna. And so we went from 280 down to 110. Yeah. So that's just an example of all we did was ask questions and think outside the box. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's similar to an exercise I go with with my 
clients where I'm always, you know, I'll always say I'm, it's not my position to judge you. I, I'm right. not, I don't judge anyone's budgeting. I, no. I don't even call it a budget. I call it an expense itemization. I don't charge oh. anyone's <laughs> itemization. Don't you like that? It's a friendlier term. <laughs> Much friendlier. I've coined so many terms. I should, yeah. I, I um, you know what I do? I call it money management. Uh, okay. So that's the, ter- I, I also, my money, my money I, management's I different. I stay away different. from the, yeah, yeah, mine's different than yours, but I stay away from the B word as much as I can. Yeah, and yeah, say yeah, to folks, yeah. you know what? It's your money. I like it. How could we maximize it to I like your it. use? It's your it's life. It's not my money. Right. It's your right, money. Right, right. You get to make the decisions. So on that subject, yeah. um, I was, I, again, your, the website for the American Consumer Credit Counseling I keep saying the American Consumer yeah. Credit Counseling Organization. It's actually just American Consumer Credit Counseling. Sorry. Um, but your website is consumercredit.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had poked around on that last night. And um, so number one, if, if anyone listening to this um, is looking for any sort of information regarding credit, credit scores, finances in general, really, uh, improving your financial situation, loans, debt, any really anything. This website, in my opinion, and Peter didn't pay me to say that, Um, I think it's very, um, I think it's well done. I think there's a a lot of information there. So that's number one. I like, for example, I just went into, I was looking at press releases. I went to the bottom and was looking at like, there was a section called in the press and that's, I, I I think I landed upon it because there was a press release announcing your new role at the, at the organization. Uh So, and then I just Mm kind of kept reading and, um, there were some great, you know, quick read, um, articles there. And, yes. you know, I, I, if I recall correctly, maybe linked you to, if you needed more information, like linked to you or pointed you in the right direction, but, mm-hmm. um, a wealth of information there, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was, uh, you know, and then I was looking at basically all the services that you guys provide, mm-hmm. which is more extensive than I, uh, anticipated it to be. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if you wanted to just take a moment and touch on some of those, like you Kate mentioned, you mentioned credit counseling and yes. I, is that, so elaborate on that. What, yeah. what are, you know, if someone's looking for something like that, what, where, where can they go? What are they, how do they get started? What does that mean? Uh, absolutely. Thank you, uh, for, for bringing that up. Absolutely. Uh, another great service. I mean, everything I do, number one is free. When I go out all over mass, that's free. Literature I give is free. Uh, one-on-one counseling is all free. Another free service we do is that you can call our number, and our number is 800-769-3571. We have a whole cadre of maybe 60 counselors who are there Monday through Saturday, and the hours are up until like 11 at night. And so any of the listeners can call into that number and basically on the phone have free counseling. Yeah. It's, there's no cost. Yeah, and so the way that typically would work is you'd call in and say, I'm having struggle with this or I'm struggle with that. Our counselors would then begin to get information from you. And with your okay, they'd pull in your credit score. It doesn't affect you. Everyone gets worried. That's one of the myths. By pulling your credit score, it's going to lower your score. That's not true. It's oh, not going to happen. you mentioned debunking yeah, myths. I want to okay, talk about great, myths great. if we yeah, have time. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. That's one yep. of the big myths. So, yep. so on your okay, we're, we're pulling in your info. You're saying you're making this amount of money. This is the kind of debt you're facing. This is the, we pull in your credit. And then through our system, which is all geared toward the state that you're in. Okay, so in other words, if you're from Wisconsin or Nebraska or Massachusetts or California, we know all the laws and that our system advises us about all the laws related to who you are and where you're calling from, then it's a matter of just beginning to question where you are and where you want to be. And so maybe in the course of the conversation, you come to reveal, I have... You know, thirty thousand dollars of credit card debt that I want to get rid of. That's my. That's a very common thing that someone yeah. might say. Yeah. How can I do it? Yeah. The interest rate's high. What are my options? See, yeah. What are my options yeah. exactly? Yeah. And just like what I said about for my counseling, it's never for us to tell you what to do. It's to advise you that this is behind door A. This is behind door B, C, and D. This is what you can get if you choose this path or that path or this path. Here's the pros and cons. Hmm. What would you like to do or what do you want to learn more about? Hmm. One of the paths now, so here's in full disclosure of one of the the few money-making parts of our nonprofit is that if you choose what's called debt management, Mm -hmm. debt management is a way to eradicate all your credit card debt. It's only for credit card. It's not for student loans. It's not for anything else. Debt credit, man, this is debt it's, management. This is what's called debt management. Credit and, cards only. And people need to understand there's another thing out there called debt settlement, which is totally different. So yeah, I want to talk about pay both Pay attention of them. to okay. the settlement versus management. 
The way management works is, if you choose to go that path, again, it's your choice, you would hand over your, let's say you had five credit cards, you hand them over to us, we'd work out the math as to what it would take to have pay us a monthly payment. Let's just pretend it's $500 per month. You pay us the $500, and they then on your behalf, we pay your five creditors. Yeah. Because of the fact that we've been in business since 91, we have 26 years or whatever that is, or 30 years, whatever the numbers are, of history, the creditors behind it, Bank of America, Chase, uh, all the big creditors, know they that know, we yeah. are good to pay them. So therefore, they they often cut us breaks, which we pass on to the consumer. Because they'd rather have you handling it than having a it, consumer who's unreliable. Exactly. At, probably at this point. Yeah. Once the yeah. consumer has yeah. kind of been contracted or engaged with right. us, for the most part, can a, can a consumer still back out? Of course. But for the most part, 95% of the time, the creditors are now have a guaranteed stream of payments, no questions asked on their credit cards. They're happy. We're happy. And the consumer is happy because their credit card debt is brought down in a predictable set time. And then hopefully three or four years from now, their debt is gone. Everyone lives happily ever after. Now, that's the way you hope it to be. Yeah. And the other thing that we do that's different, if we do talk about debt settlement, is we take your five credit cards and close them. Now, this is something that's important. People go, what? Why, why do you close them? Because guess what human nature is Is if we bring them all down to zero? Yes. You can't. Some folks will go right back out and sure. then start using yep. them again. So as a debt settlement uh, management, I'm sorry, debt management uh, offer, we will make all that occur as long as you continue to pay us that set amount each month. And then when it's all done and said, Hey, open up new cards, start again. So that's kind of the way that right. works. Okay, so let me just make sure I understand yep. this debt mm-hmm. management because yep. I've had, when I originally heard of this, I was a little bit skeptical, yep. to be honest. And mm-hmm. okay. um, But let me just make sure I understand this. Like, yep. let, let's say someone has five credit cards yes, and the interest rates are 20% mm-hmm. and they're, you know, in a panic and they're having trouble paying them and, you know, whatever. So, the, so if they reach out to, for example, the ACCC, right. Is it, it's, so it's my understanding that they, like, for example, you would contact all those issuing banks, mm-hmm. credit card companies, mm-hmm. and you might negotiate on behalf of the client, you might negotiate a lower interest rate. Like for example, like, is it is it that you the bank will say to ACCC, all right, well they will give you a ten percent interest rate, but then the ACC takes a little bit of the difference, but yeah. but it still lowers the payment for the client or no? Yeah. No, the, we we do things a little a little differently. Okay. So let, let's just kind of get the order of that. Just to, just flip the order just a little bit. The first discussion is with the client about what it is they're trying to do, and through our computer we're able to come right back to them within the course of that conversation and say, if you give us those five credit cards and you're trying to reduce 30,000 in debt, yeah. our computer immediately can go back with all of its magic calculations of what you make and all your other debts yeah. and say, we think you need to pay us $483 per month to make this happen. And it can happen in 4.5 years. We can give you that right on the phone. And then if you say yes to it, then we take that with you we do charge you a monthly fee. There's a monthly fee. There's a flat monthly a, fee. A flat it's not a fee. Oh, like, okay. Is it, is it, okay. So if this lasts four and a half years, you're paying us like a set fee of whatever, $20. Or, it's not very, it's the cheapest uh, consumer debt yeah. process yeah. In, 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 United, in Massachusetts. Okay. And then you pay us a set fee. Then with your information, we go to our creditors and try to get the best deal we can on the, the payment of the debt. Interest rates, in a sense, almost are, okay. are regardless to a degree. It's try to see if we can reduce the debt, and therefore that helps us to 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 reduce okay. overall um, and get rid of them as quickly as possible. So, like for example, if you said to the consumer or your client, um, y- if you can pay us five hundred dollars a month, yes. you we can have this gone for you in four years. Exactly. So, but let me compare that with if Mister Consumer was doing that on his own. Yes. It, his 500 a month to all those credit cards, mm-hmm. for example, I'm assuming wouldn't make them gone in four years. In other words, working with you guys yes. it amortizes or makes his debt go away faster. It, 
Yes. Uh, uh, or or yes. with less interest payments or something, right? Exactly. Otherwise, why would, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. There, there's an advantage because yeah. we have such, we have a relationship. I understand. With, okay. you know, 20 years, 30 years long with all those creditors. Yeah. That they will give us some kind of an advantage to okay. paying those off because they're getting a set stream of payments guaranteed from that for those five credit cards. So they, in a sense, pass some of that back to us and to them. Yeah. My, my original skepticism, and by the way, I think it's perfect. Yeah. reasonable that there's a fee for that. I mean, yes. your organization does great things. And, mm-hmm. and my original skepticism was that if Mr. Client was, if he was not able to either lower his interest payments or reduce the amount of time to be rid of the debt, yep. right. Uh, then he would be able to do on his own. Then, then I mm-hmm. didn't understand why there right. was a fee for it. But, mm-hmm. but now I understand if you guys yep. are negotiating with the, the, uh, the banks or the credit card, you know, companies to the creditors, the creditors mm-hmm. to reduce the payment or the interest or whatever That's it is. Right. And then mm-hmm. there's a fee for that. I totally understand now. Yep. Okay. Good to know. All right. Uh, you're listening to McNamara on money. We're talking about credit and other issues this morning with Peter Mullen of American consumer credit counseling. And we're just taking a quick break. We'll be right back. Good morning. We're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money, educating the investors and today the consumers uh, of the uh, South Shore and the Merrimack Valley, Massachusetts. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. You can find out more about me and our business at McNamaraFinancial.com. I'm joined this morning by Peter Mullen with American Consumer Credit Counseling. Peter is a wealth of information if you can't, if you haven't already come to that conclusion on your own. Um, his website, as I mentioned, uh, consumercredit.com, in my opinion, is, is a wealth of information, um, which is great. And we've had a great conversation. So let's, let's continue. Before the break, we were talking about some of the services that the ACCC provides, um, one of, or two of them being debt management and debt settlement, which I did not know. I did not know the difference between those two. So if you could elaborate um, on that a little bit, okay. that'd be great. Okay. So just to clarify right there, we don't offer debt settlement. Oh, okay. Thank I'm you. I'm saying it's what a lot of other services oh, do provide. Okay. So there's other, just a link to it on your website. Maybe it probably says it that. It probably provides <laughs> yeah. information yep, yep. to folks. So when, okay. put it just back up a second and that would be when any of the audience is looking for ways to resolve their, to resolve their debt. Just a quick, quick thing to say, how can they get rid of their debt if they have it going quickly down the list? Pay it off. Pay it off themselves. Do do it yourself. Number two, a typical one is consolidate. Go out to a bank, get a personal loan, pay it all off yourself. But you're still paying it all off. You're still all paying off, but maybe you can consolidate into a list. Let's say you go to Citizens Bank, borrow 30000 and then pay one place. So that's the second way to do it. Another way is to be very, very aggressive, kind of really cut your expenses and really, really try to maybe get a second job, really so be a pain aggressively. Yeah, which is still paying it off on your own. I I love all these. (laughs) But you're doing it all yourself. You're negotiating. Maybe you're negotiating. Yeah, long story short, generally speaking, people just pay off their own debt in some That's what a lot of yeah. folks do. But yeah. if you need a more institutional or more, let's just say, uh, uh, an organization to if help you, you with it, it. Yeah. the next one down the line is called debt settlement. Okay. So let me talk about that. And this is something ACC does not do. Okay. And I will say that we often, we don't recommend either. Okay. So let's, let's talk about how that's done for the consumer. What a debt settlement uh, vendor will do is they will, on your behalf, let's go back to those five credit cards again as an example. They will throw, I like to think of this analogy, they will throw as much sand in the gears as they can of the whole process. There is ways, as people may know, if you have any, if you get your credit report, you have the right by law to dispute things that are on your credit report. Okay. So their starting methodology is rightly or wrongly dispute everything that's on your credit report. Just start from the get-go of saying, I owe nothing. Oh. By pushing back. And so I think this is, I think this is less respectful. Sounds a little bit unethical. A little less respectful of the creditors behind it. Cause you know, and we know which are truly my debts and yeah. which are not and yeah. what you owe and what you don't owe. Huh. So they do this almost like a shotgun approach to try to get the creditors to blink, to get them to, through the sheer pushing back, pushing back, pushing back, prove my client owes this debt, 
they will get some that will blink and bring it down, mm. will lower it, will do all kinds of things. And then if they do do that, so get this, this is one of the, the killers. If that's not enough, they're, they're pushing back. Some will, some will say, fine, I don't want to deal with you anymore. Let that, let it go. It's three years old. Let's let it go. Yeah. You as a consumer have to pay taxes on whatever it's forgiven whatever's forgiven yeah and also the debt settlement then takes a piece that you were mentioning at the break yep. to me that part of the way they make their money is this so if given a concrete example if you had a thousand dollar debt which you truly owned it was your debt and they got it down to five hundred dollars they may take 200 of that as their payment and thus they forgave you three so you but would you then pay, you would you pay, pay taxes on that. You would pay taxes on the three hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. that you quote got got forgiven. Right, because it's almost like it's almost like uh, a phantom money that came into your life and paid off the debt. That's yeah. why you owe the income taxes on it. Sure. Yeah, debt forgiveness. Sure. So okay. it's it's just another methodology, yeah. and I guess people have to realize that it's just. I think it's a little bit less respectful of the creditors okay. to go that method. Does it work? It works. It works as well. Sometimes, I mean, yeah. But sometimes it does, and and you as a consumer, I think, will end up paying more when all is said and done. Okay. Um, what about there was one other um, on your website? Mm-hmm. There was just um, you had some other services like yes, um, for example, reverse mortgage counseling, um, mm-hmm. credit count. Well, we already talked about credit yes. counseling, mm-hmm. um, bankruptcy. I, th- I don't know if that means counseling or just information regarding. Um, yeah. someone filing for bankruptcy. Um, there is a student loan section. So mm-hmm. do, do you guys help people consolidate student loans or what, what is, yeah, well, let, let, let's go back to the, the first one that you mentioned just for a second. You had said that, um, like reverse mortgages as an example. Yeah. So and I've actually heard this on one of your advertisements that's yeah. while we were sitting here, um, reverse mortgages by law, you have to be yeah. counseled. Right. You can't, nobody you in, in Massachusetts can go and seek a reverse mortgage until they can prove they have a certificate that they've been can't, that okay. they've been counseled. I, I wish this was required for taking out annuities as well. Yeah, I but wish it was required currently for it's lots not. of things. Yeah. yeah. But it's not. So a yeah. lot of people can go into things which they know little or nothing about. Yeah. But reverse mortgages have so many, let's just say, potential pitfalls. Mm. They have to go into it fully with their eyes open. Okay. And the state, uh, maybe a little paternalistic, I don't know, will not allow them to go into it without having that certificate yeah. in hand. Okay. So for that, yes, that's a service we offer. I think it's $175. Yeah. You can go to us or many other my- agencies yeah. and get a reverse counseling certificate. Okay. All right. The um, foreclosure one, or the another one is foreclosure, yeah. that again, that if folks are facing foreclosure, same thing, you can come to us and we will counsel you. And I don't know what the, that's a, something that costs a fee, yeah, I think. Yeah, it was like 30 or $40. It's not that it much. pretty reasonable, yeah. <clears throat> okay, that was, I, that was just interesting to me. Um, we have about 20 minutes, so oh. before the show wraps yeah. up, it always goes by so quickly. Yeah. But you had mentioned uh, an hour and a half ago that you wanted to talk about debunking <laughs> myths, and we kind of got on yes. off track and onto other things, which is great. But Sure. So so what, I, let's circle back there and okay. what, what uh, myths in the world of credit okay. would you like to prove incorrect? Okay. Well, I think one of the one of the greatest ones I hear all the time, and I think it's strongly encouraged, I won't mention the vendors, but on TV, is this whole idea if you look at your credit, you your credit score will go down. I've heard this before. That's not true. Okay. That's false. Okay. I don't know what other words I can use. Looking at your credit does not hurt your credit. So let's explain what the difference is. Okay. Within the credit world, there's what's called a soft inquiry Mm. and there's what's called a hard inquiry. Okay. A soft inquiry is when you look at your credit, I go and look at Credit Karma, I go look at, uh, I I go and pull up, do that, uh, you know, creditreport.com, you know, annualcreditreport.com. I pull up my report, I look at it, no impact. When you have, we'd mentioned earlier about sometimes people when they're trying to get a job that the employer may look at your credit. By the way, they only can see, this is a little technicality, they can only see your report, not your score. Scores are kept private. The report is not. This is what the state has decided. Okay. So what that means is looking at your report does not affect it. That's a soft inquiry, a soft look. Now, the good thing for you is if you pull your report, Anybody who looks at your report anywhere, anywhere, it's all recorded on your report. So I will know 
if anybody's been looking at my so at my report. So number one, it's all on record, and um, so that's all. No impact. Doesn't touch me. Doesn't hurt me. A a hard a hard inquiry is whenever you basically apply for credit. So if you find yourself, and a lot of people do, right? You walk in the mall, you walk into a store, and someone accosts you, you know, they walk right up to you and stick a credit card in your face or application say, do you want to save 30% today? Yeah. Do you want to save 20% today? Sign here. And by you signing and agreeing that you're interested in credit, whether you get it or not, mm. you've expressed interest that's called a hard inquiry. Okay. And if you do more than two in one calendar year, in one year, that's what hurts you. Okay. So it's my fact that I'm seeking, seeking more credit it increases my risk. It means that I'm, you know, if I was rogue and I started getting, you know, three, four, five, six things that I'm trying to seek, if I went off the reservation and used all of that credit, I could very well go deep into debt within a very short time. That makes sense. So if, if yes. someone could do like 10 inquiries, like, ev- you know, every day for 10 days yes. and get a $5,000 limit real quick yes. with, without borrowing anything in that 10 days and then spend all the money. Exactly. Yeah. Go zip yeah. to Bermuda makes perfect and sense. say goodbye. Say yeah. adios. Yeah. That's the risk that could happen. Yeah. So to offset that risk, they, they try to mitigate that. But here's actually some good information for people that isn't at least where they're showing some sense of understanding. Mm-hmm. For those who are in the market for a house, as an example, the typical way people look for a house is you don't go to just one. You go to multiple houses within a certain period of time. Yeah. And you may go to different mortgage lenders in that time. If you do that within a six-week period, the this is one of the few nice things that the bureaus do. They will count. If I went to six different houses, they counted as one inquiry, one hard inquiry. But, I, okay. Isn't that, isn't it interesting? I guess so, I don't understand because when you, when, or maybe I just never did it the same, my personal experience has been different, but when you, but you don't need to pull a credit score every time you look at a house. No, it's just when, in your when commerce, you're seeking the mortgage, like a when pre-qualification you're looking at or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you might like get a pre-qualification from one lender and exactly. then just for whatever reason decide to get it from you another might, lender. Yeah, exactly. Just shopping around. Exactly. Okay, I okay, might go to bank sense. A, okay. B, C, and D. And it's also so, similar to when you're shopping for a car. That's I, that's exactly is right. Is that right? I yes. was going to mention that. Yes. The period is shorter. I believe it's four weeks. Same concept. You go to you go to Pete's Auto. Yeah, what's and, my and you payment? Get, what's yep. my payment? You go to Joe's Auto. You go to Sally's Auto. You've gone to three places within the four weeks. That's counted as one hard inquiry. Okay, because they, they know it's for they, the they same know that it's it, it's kind of like the same. You're shopping yep. for the one thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the only exception to that. So okay. otherwise, if I'm saying yes to every credit card that shows up in my face, you're going to get dinged on that. Okay, so a soft inquiry. Mm-hmm. Where you just get the report, but not your credit score, mm-hmm. does not affect your credit whatsoever. And people are just simply looking, but you're not seeking. You're not seeking uh, to extend your credit. You're just looking credit. at it for informational purposes yes. or for to to uh, f- uncover fraud or whatever. You're just looking at it for. Yes. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. All right. A hard inquiry does if it's more than two in a year. Yes, with those exceptions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that that's one that people have. Um, some other myths. Um, that I think of, and we talked a little bit about this, about that closing a credit card will improve your score or, right. you know, that, that type of thing. Right. So people think it's the number of cards that the credit bureaus care about, and they don't really care. Okay. People say, what, people ask me, what's the optimal, optimal number? There is no optimal, optimal number. Yeah. It's really, you know, two, three, four. I've had I've seen people with 20. I'm not advising 20, but if they have them and they're all managed correctly, that's not the issue. The management of them is, you know, really you keeping your balances low. Yeah. Some of them will be zeros. And we talked about that, that you can have a credit card that has a zero balance and people say, well, should I close it? And will that help me? The answer is no. It actually might go the other way. Right. The reason why it goes the other way is because now you've 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 shrunk your limits. Your available use. And now right. you're back to that whole bit of the the ratio of usage to limit. 
And if you lower the limit, which is what? The denominator? I always forget which is which. The, the, the denominator. The denominator. Yeah. You lower that part, the proportional ratio of what you're using goes higher. Right. Do you know how many, I wonder how many credit cards the average American has. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I've seen people who I've counseled. I saw one lady with 24 and her, 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 her way of managing her money was, you know, max out the first one, get a second yeah. one, max out the second, uh, get to a third, max out the third. How she was able to, how the creditors were able to do that, I don't know. There's, yeah. they kind of let it go and let it ride. I was trying to think about how think many I right. have. I bet it's more than I can think of right now, mm-hmm. and which may be the case for many people. So, uh, what other myths you got? You got we got about ten more minutes. Yeah, what okay, else? a couple more that I might I might throw minutes. off. Um, things about collection. There's a lot of misunderstandings about the whole collection process. So okay. let me explain a little bit about just quickly how that happens and and what that process is. In the typical scenario, uh, you owe a a a, a, um, a creditor money. Uh, let's just pick on something like um, Home Depot. Okay. You owe them a thousand dollars. The way that it typically works is that creditor obviously will try to seek the money from you. Um, typically, after you don't pay them for 30 days, it goes from delinquency to default. Okay. That's the, all these D words they're going to have. When it goes to default, at some point, they, they, between when it's default, after a month or two, they recognize, hey, I'm not getting any money from this Peter guy. He's not paying us at all. Yeah. They eventually sell your debt to a collector. They say, no. "Hey, we're not we we aren't in the business, Home Depot, of trying to go after people forever and ever and ever." They sell your debt oh, to a collector, no. yep. and then at that point, it's in it's in collection on your credit report. So it stays there as huh. that, and they're going to do their best to try to get the money from you. And so one of the myths is, you no, know, things are on your credit report for seven years. If something's in collection. It never it goes off. It it doesn't go off. It stays there. Yeah. And but just because seven years go by and you no longer see it, it doesn't mean that you don't owe it. A lot of people think, oh, it's in collection or I don't see it anymore. I don't owe that money. Of course you do. So it does go off the actual report after yeah, seven years, yeah. but but of course you still owe the money. Um, yeah, but a lot of Unless, people think they don't. Ah. Uh, a lot of people think that don't you know out of sight, out of mind. It makes me sad to think that somebody <laughs> that debt would be in collection for that long. It, 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 well, I guess that, I guess that doesn't necessarily mean they're not paying it on it. A debt in collection could be, they, they just means they miss payments. The debt was sold to a debt collector, but someone could be paying it down. No. Well, it, in most cases, a lot of people just stop paying it. I mean, the typical yeah. thing a lot, a lot of people yeah. do is stop paying it. So here's, here's. And it could last that long in that collection phase for more than seven years. It, it, it won't. It, okay, here's an, uh, another thing I need to explain here, which is kind of unique to Massachusetts. Every state has its own rules. Yeah. For, um, for credit card debt, also known as unsecured debt, yeah. the rule in Massachusetts is that they only have the right to, to get that debt for six years. So here's a oh. funky thing that, that they, they technically can't go after you, meaning the collector can't go after you after six years. That's the period of time by which they can get it from you. Okay. That's like their open window to get it from you. After six years, they can no longer collect it. And then what happens? Well, at this point, then it's just more of, a, more of an ethical question for you. You still owe the thousand, but it's just no longer on your credit report. Hmm. It's not considered as part of a bad mark against you. And then it's more of an ethical question. I still owe the thousand. That's what I'm trying to get through here. But the debt collector can't come after you. The debt you. collector can't come after you. They that that their their window of time has expired. But except for one exception, and here's another very weird thing. There is this whole thing called re-aging. Mm-hmm. That if in fact you get a call after the six year period and on the line you either acknowledge that you do have that debt from the past or you now inf- are encouraged to make some kind of a payment. Someone might say to you, you have that $1,000 debt, Peter. If you'll pay us $50, we'll call it gone or you'll, we'll, we'll, we'll help you out with that. You as it. soon as I do that, I've now just, I've just re-aged it. Uh, it now has another six years to go after me. Mm. I've, in a sense, rejuvenated. They call that zombie debt. 
which means I've, I've, I've re, reborn the, the zombie of my debt and allowed it to come back to life again. So hmm. th- these are weird quirks within the credit industry. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I guess the bottom line is when you have something in collection, you know, it's best for you to work it out. Yeah. But I'll give you one last funky thing. And it's just, just kind of unbelievable. The credit report is a record a historical record. If I owed $1,000 to a company and it was four years old, so it's from 2016. Yeah. And then I do come up with money and I say to them, hello, credit company, I'd like to pay that $1,000 debt off. It doesn't go off of my credit report. Because it was previously in collection? It was, it, it was, it's a historical For fact seven. that was sitting there in uh. collection. And the only way it will go off the report is if I ask the the creditor please as i give you this money will you please remove it from the report okay so this is where consumers need to be smart and say knowing that it's optional for them to remove it dangle the money out in front of them and say hello collector i know i have this past debt i will pay you 50 cents on the dollar i'll pay you the full amount i'll pay you whatever the older it gets, the less you can offer them, by the way, and say to them, if you will be willing to remove my debt, I will send you this check and pay it off. I'm assuming that's where your credit counseling services come in handy because it, yes, who, it who gets, would know that? Nobody would know this. <laughs> nobody would know I'm this. I'm still stuck on the fact that debt can be in collection for seven years and there's no like ramifications of that, 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 that they can't be, they're not forced into bankruptcy. There's not. Like I no, don't, I don't understand no. that. It's te- again, it's technically six years. It's, Sorry, it can be six. on the report for seven, but it's 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 collectible huh. for six. Okay. Is what's the implications that that if if these people continue to, uh, you know, they could be sued. That that is another. Oh, okay, avenue. yeah, yeah. So okay. don't forget that yep. if if it was large enough, the 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 uh, collector could go after you for a lawsuit. Okay. So there there are so there other could methods. Be okay. All right. That's where I was stuck. I was like, okay. that doesn't make any sense. Okay. No, they, they have okay. the, the courts is another way. Got it. And okay. then a little tip on that is if you ever, ever get brought to court, show up. Absolutely. If you don't show up, yeah. you've automatically defaulted and said, yes, you owe the debt. Then the judge gets involved oh, okay. and the judge has more power such as liens or the ability to garnish your check. Okay. So you, you won't escape if you, if just, if, just by not showing up. You're right. Right. Don't avoid the problem. Yes. Yeah. Um, anything else on that list before we kind of go over your contact info and stuff again um, on your debunking of myths list? Uh, okay, I'll just uh, maybe... Well, how about one more? Okay, how about one more? Uh, uh, maybe, maybe this is a good one. Um, people, again, sometimes they have this myth. Um, when, you get, when you get married... Your credit becomes joint with your spouse. Oh, yeah, no. And, yeah. and um, you know, somehow, you know, if she has a good score and I don't have so good of a score, you know, that, that will help me out in some fashion. Uh, no, no, sorry. Um, everyone's credit scores are separate. Right. Everyone's treated separately. Right. There's no, I mean, we can have a joint account back to that whole bit of co-signing concept yeah. we had before. But we both, we either both sink or swim based on that credit card, you know, based on that that balance being paid off. Your your spouse's good score might help if you go to apply for debt, though, because you could use that your spouse's as the applicant, right? Yes. Because he or she has the better score. And, that, and but it doesn't change your score, is what you're no, saying. Yeah. No. Yeah. When when you go to apply, if you both apply for a mortgage debt, yeah. as an example, they will look at both your scores and they will usually take the lower of the two. Ah. That is, they don't average. Okay, them. that's why people sometimes will apply for like either a mortgage or a loan yes. in one name Correct. and not joint. Yeah, yes. that makes sense. My, my my standard joke in my class would be if you get, if anyone in this class has a spouse or somebody who has a really low credit, to, either don't put them on the on the on the mortgage. Or dump them. I say it's one, it's one, one or the other, you know, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they will look at both scores and take the lower of the two. That makes sense. Okay. All right. You have time for one more. Is there any more on that oh, list? Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, maybe, maybe just this whole thing about um, money, money in the bank. People sometimes think of uh, if they make a lot of money or if they have a lot of money in the bank, that's going to help their scores. There's, there's no relationship. Really? Yeah. yeah. There's no relationship whatsoever. 
Because it's all about credit and it's what all you're about borrowing. Credit, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So I guess. some yeah. people mix things together and just maybe just a realization of understanding what truly is on a credit report and what's not. Credit reports are, in fact, a reflection of all your debt and how you've managed debt. Largely yeah. how you've paid it. Largely, it's like a record keeping thing. Yeah. It, uh, it keeps track of all your anything that's late, 30, 60, 90, 120 days. You don't want any of those if you can avoid it. The more 30s, 60s, and 90s that are checked off in the box, mm. Mm, not a good sign. You you want them to be zeros. Yeah. And you and no matter how you could be Bill Gates, doesn't matter if he's not paying his credit card on time, he's still going to have a lower score. Um, your assets will help you when you go to apply for debt, but they don't Correct. affect your score, your Correct. credit score. Correct. Okay, so that they will sense. help you Obviously. in the application, yeah. but yeah. not in the day to day execution. That makes sense. Um, all right, um, I'm Alyssa McNamara Reed. You've been listening to McNamara on Money. We've just got a couple more minutes here. Um, I guess this morning was a, like I said, a wealth of knowledge. Uh, Peter Mullen, who is a community education coordinator for American Consumer Credit Counseling. Um, and if you don't mind, Peter, just giving your contact information again, whether it's yours or, or the 800 number, um, whatever you feel more comfortable uh, giving out. Sure. What I'd like to do is just give the number of the general number for anyone that wants free counseling over the phone. Uh, this is, this is done from the hours, I believe it's like seven in the morning till like 10 or 11 at night, Monday through Saturday. Uh, and we do this all over the nation. So, but our offices are located in Newton. Um, the number is 800-769-3571. You'll, we have about 60 counselors who are constantly answering the phones they will ask you a lot of questions, you know, what is it you're trying to do? What are you faced with? They will get uh, information from you. They will pull in your credit report for free into our system. And then through that, be able to counsel you through kind of what, what are your options in front of you? What could you do here? I know th- this proportion of your debt, maybe you, there's ways you can bring that down. And in the end, here's some options that we, we present to you. You, in the end, say can say, hmm, this is great. Thank you very much, and say goodbye, and that's the end of it. Or you can say, I'd like to learn more about what the option of a debt management would do, what would debt settlement do, what would bankruptcy look like. And they can give you some basic information on all those. Yeah. My assumption b- before you corrected uh, me was that your organization was federally federally funded or state funded. And you and I don't know why I assumed that. I And I was kind of like, oh, that's so great that we have this resource by the, from the government. But government doesn't have any money as we've established, you know, established in prior shows. You can't argue that, but, um, but, uh, you're not, but you are a nonprofit and, and obviously you guys have good information and do good work. So, um, and if anyone uh, has, would like more information on Peter or his organization, you can go to consumercredit.com. Peter, thank you for your time and your dedication to the show and also to the money fair at the Marshfield high school. Thank you very much. I'm Alyssa McNamara Reed. You can find out more about me at McNamara on money. Uh, that's right. McNamara on money.com and also McNamaraFinancial.com. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.